Hello, and welcome to the Bliss Smith Podcast. My name is Katie Smith, and here you will learn ways to find, forge, and follow your bliss by hearing stories from people like you on overcoming obstacles, diving deeply into passion, investing in yourselves and others, and uniting in gratitude to celebrate every last joy. I can't wait for you to listen. recording. Hi, Shauna. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Bliss Smith podcast. I am like so honored and humbled. You have no idea. I'm like so psyched. I'm so excited. And I, we are doing it because we're holding each other accountable to follow our passions, which like in the crazy life that is 2020 plus one, it's not always easy to like do what you love. Cause you're like in the mud sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's been interesting to, you know, try and continue to do things that you love and like stay afloat. And yeah, they do help you. You know what they are. It's like your water wings. You have to do this stuff to stay afloat. Yeah. For sure. I, water wings. I love those. Bringing it back, man. Let's <sighs> like, I know. I need like, like the things that you put on your arms. Oh yeah. And you yeah. like, yeah, check out my muscles. At least I did when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not when they defeat, not recently. You like push them up. Oh yeah. Or, or you like push your skin up. So it looks like a bicep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Bring it yeah. back for the water ring. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yep. Thank you for that. You're uh, welcome. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where do you live? What do you love? Oh my God. Who am I? I feel like I am having an existential crisis. Don't ask me that question. Honestly, I'm the host. So you can't ask me that. That's really too bad. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll have to create a podcast just that I can have you on. I was doing, that was one of the things that I was doing in 2020. I created my little IGTV and I just, it it was a lot. Um, Who am I? So I am, gosh, I don't even know where to start. I am. I'm (laughs) Shauna. You got to start with the name. Yeah. I'm Shauna. I'm 44. Um, I accidentally moved to Sacramento, um, during COVID I was <laughs> living in Los Angeles and which I really enjoyed. I'd moved, I lived in uh, New York city for 12 years prior to moving to LA in uh, 2018. And my mom and I were traveling and, uh, we got all the way to Ushuaia, Argentina. We we're going to Antarctica, got all the way there. And, um, they told us we had to go home. So just a casual overnighter, we did get some Malbec and paella. So I don't feel like it was a total loss. Um, and then I drove my mom home from LA and that was last March. So I accidentally moved to Sacramento. And so now I'm just going to stay. Um, so I do a bunch of things like as a, who I am, I mean, I, you know, I would say that I'm sort of a nine to fiver. I do a lot of things about personal and professional wellness. I'm, um, you know, I'm a trained chef. I teach yoga. I've studied traditional Chinese medicine, um, and I do HR. So I kind of weave all of those things together and teach people really how to, yeah, I, you know, just like live a more meaningful, harmonious, life and stress less. Yeah. Which is hard to do. It's really hard to do, you know, and it's really, it's interesting because I didn't do the nine to five thing, as you know, I mean, we met three years ago, which is insane doing the nine to five thing. And then I, I took a little break and coming back into it. It's interesting 
to put it back into play, like mm-hmm. living that nine to five. And it's like, okay, I was teaching people all about this stuff, but like, am I actually like, am I putting it into, into practice? You know, I have to walk the walk and, you know, I think overall I do. Um, I think there are times that I definitely get triggered. We were, you know, mm-hmm. talking about that right before we hit record and it's like, wait a second, you know, and being able to catch myself like before I go down that, like breakdown Boulevard. Breakdown Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I, th- this happens to me a lot where I, I'm like, I feel really enlightened. You know, I have a podcast about like bliss and I read fun books and then something I feel like will set me back. And not only that, then I get totally mad at myself for getting set back. And then I'm like, well, maybe I was never even cool in the first place. Oh, you know? you're very cool. That's <laughs> like, that's a lie. <laughs> but your brain, um, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll own it. I'll work yeah. it. Um, but you do, it's like this instant spiral. I was thinking about like what to ask you. And for some reason, I, the phrase I thought of was stress spiral. How do you get out of the stress spiral? Um, which is like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, you know, just going back to what you were saying about, you know, you, you know, something happens and you make it mean something, right? Like we're just such meaning making machines. And so it is so hard Hmm when we're in it to not be, you know, to, you know, take ourselves out of the situation and take ourselves out of it so that we can get off like, you know, the crazy train. Um, the stress spiral, it's seductive, right? Because it's just, it's actually easy. Right. And I, when I start to feel myself going that direction, um, sometimes I do, it's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to be in it, but it's like, wait a second. I have stress, stress doesn't have me, which then means I can give it away. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, it's, you know, there's that mindset shift for sure that I, I mean, literally constantly, or I'm writing it down so that I can remind myself. Um, I am constantly, nobody can see us any, you know, we're sitting behind computers at work. Right. And so I am constantly using acupressure on my hands and my wrists, which I've been teaching people to do. So that it keeps me, you know, one, it does actually physically help you like to slow your blood pressure. It helps your breathing and it helps you to stay present. It helps you to connect to that present moment so that it's like, can I swear? Yes, please swear. Okay. Okay. Good. Like, (laughs) like, wait, I forgot to ask that because I have a tendency. It's the New Yorker in me, Um, you know, like, fuck that. I don't want, you know, like I am not interested in living my life in a place of stress, like from a place of stress. And I have intentions that I set every morning. I mean, they're at this point so automatic, but I want to live my life from a place of calm and ease. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. That's non-negotiable. And so when I start to feel myself again, like going down that, like the roller coaster, the spiral, like speeding, careening out of control. It's like, wait a second. I have stress. Stress doesn't have me. I'm not going to give away my power on a silver platter anymore. I love that. I, 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 what did you say? I have stress. I have stress. Stress doesn't doesn't have me. me. That's a great one. It's a good mindset shift. I, uh, mine, um, is one of mine is I'm not a worrier. I'm a warrior. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Like just, it's very simple, but not like just a letter. Yep. And I'm deciding that worry is not serving me, but, and the way I'm going to tackle it is being a, you know, 
A warrior. Some sort sort of warrior goddess. I hear the song by Pat Benatar. Yep. The warrior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. I hope I got the inflection. You did great. Right. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. It makes me miss karaoke, but yeah. we'll, get there. we'll get there. Yeah. We can do it. You know, maybe that's the next step for the Bliss Smith podcast is like podcast karaoke. We'll figure it out. I'm into it. It's a, we'll, we'll find a new uh, revenue stream as they say, although this isn't making much revenue, but like joy revenue for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's the important part. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. So take me back to um, this Argentina overnighter. Mm. Um, because that must have been such whiplash, right? Um, I quickly I experienced a similar thing on the nearly the same timeline. I was in um, the UK planning my wedding, and was like tasting cake and choosing the menu. And then it was like, okay, we were t- it was time to go home. We weren't forced to go home, which is a whole nother whiplash. Um, it was time to go home. And then that was the day they were like COVID lockdown. And I just remember like feeling like I just got jolted in a completely different direction that I was going. And I'm sure everyone everywhere feels that some sort of jolt during that time. Um, so what was like, how did your jolt feel and what did you do to like work through it? First, I want to ask about the cake. Did you taste? I love cake. Yeah. Did you have good cake? I mean, like, did you find one that you were like? It was yeah. good. Yeah, we picked our vendor. We had a salted caramel one. Oh. We had a double chocolate. Like, girl, listen. Yeah. I should probably I, just order the cake still. Yeah, you should. I have. Um, I bought this thing. I was in Rehoboth, Delaware, with my cousins years ago, and I have this sign that says, "I like cake." Yeah. So I just, I do. I it, like, I mean, I used to be a pastry for- chef. I, I mean, I baked for a living for crying out loud. So I'm like, and I'm a frost, I'm more frosting than cake, but anyway, a <laughs> so whiplash Argentina. It was, it was insane. I mean, like the few days before my mom and I left, you know, we were on the phone constantly, like, should we go? Should we not go? You know, it's like, it, it went from, you know, it was starting to be talked about on the news to all of a sudden that whiplash. I think that that's such a perfect word that you used. Um, and, you know, obviously we decided to go, even though on the 11th is when the travel ban from Europe started, we were like, well, we're still going to go. Um, and it was fascinating being out and traveling while all of this shit was unfolding because like that nobody, I mean, there were like some people wearing masks and like, you know, some people wearing gloves and like, we didn't know what to do. And, I had all of this like colloidal silver hand sanitizer and nose spray and lung spray and all this stuff that my naturopathic doctor had loaded me up with and elderberry gummies. And we, I mean, like my mom and I were, you know, other than wearing masks and gloves, we were like really protected. Right. But, um, and we were excited. I mean, we were going to Antarctica and that's, I think why we decided to go. It's, it was, okay, this is kind of a once in a lifetime trip. We're going on an Arctic safari. We're going to be on a boat with a bunch of doctors and scientists. Like it's pr- presumably very safe. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So in the space of 72 hours traveling 14,000 miles, it was, it was insane. I mean, luckily one of the things that I brought with me, 
I brought them initially to combat the seasickness that I knew I was going to feel on the boat are my uh, ear beads. So they're, they're little pressure beads. Um, it's an acu it's an acupressure system, um, or you can do acupuncture. It's a five point system on the ears that actually helps um, reduce stress and anxiety. And it was actually started. Um, I'm not going to give a total history lesson because that will completely go off the rails on a crazy train, but, um, it helps actually, um, people detox from drugs. It started okay. like, I mean, thousands of years ago, but then it was brought to the U S in the 1970s, but it helps like keep you calm. And, you know, so I was like, all right, these will probably help with blood pressure or, um, seasickness, blood pressure, seasickness. I'm not really sure my brain probably mind. helps with both. It, it actually, it does help with both. Um, knew it. it does. So, the morning that we were, you know, like we were, we were literally not even in Ushuaia for 12 hours. So we slept probably for like three hours, got up and I put, put the beads in my ears. You know, I was able to, you know, I had my little tweezers and I could see. Um, and I was like, okay, this is nice. Like, you know, it just, it's like natural Xanax, right. I'm just going to be chill and I'm, you know, doing my breathing and my meditation and just like, okay, this is what it is. I'm going to, I can only control so much. Like I have to stay calm because everybody else out there is like having a meltdown. And we had a nine or 10 hour layover in the Buenos Aires airport. And so I had all of these earbeads with me. And so I was literally in the Buenos Aires airport, like, would you like some natural Xanax? And I was like, literally beating people's ears <laughs> in the airport. Um, I wish I would have kept in touch. Like, did that actually help you? I know it does. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing. So, um, you know, I was grateful that I had that skill to be able to offer. And I was so happy that I had my beads in, in the, my backpack. Um, and then we get back to LA and it was just like, I, yeah, I mean that the whiplash word is perfect. Cause it's like, where the fuck are we? Like, yeah. What just I, happened? Literally what just happened um, we were completely out of it. My mom and I got back to my apartment. She fell asleep on my couch and I passed out on my wood floor, like didn't even make it to my bed. I mean, it was, the exhaustion was real. Mm. Um, and I, when I decided to drive her home, I didn't really pack much. I mean, it was just sort of like, I'll just bring my like buffet pants and, you know, a couple of shirts. I'll be at your, like I can do laundry. I was here for two and a half months before I went back to LA to get my stuff and pack up my apartment. So it's just, yeah, it's been very, like, I haven't felt on even footing or rooted yep. or grounded. And I think that most people in 2020 felt like that, but yeah. Yeah. And in so many different ways. It's yeah. In so many different ways. And, you know, I know that having moved from New York to LA, I felt something very similar. And I know, you know, it's if in traditional Chinese medicine, your root organ is your kidneys. And so I started to feel a lot of those very similar things that I felt when I moved from New York to California and just feeling displaced and not really like, I mean, it's new, you know, and moving mm. is so stressful. I mean, you know, you just did it. It's mm -hmm. super, super stressful. And I started to notice a lot of the same signs and symptoms of like, Ooh, I've got some really, really dark circles under my eyes. My, like the, you know, the ridges in your fingers that denote, um, adrenal fatigue were on, you know, like high alert and I don't have my own space and I'm grateful that I'm able to stay with my family. And I'm, you know, like I, it's like, I wouldn't have spent this time with them. So I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been, 
it's been a mindfuck for yeah <laughs> a year, almost literally almost to the day. March 16th will be holy moly. <laughs> I know yep. coming in hot. Yeah. Woo. 2020. Oh gosh. Wild. Um, okay. So you mentioned, um, so many incredibly cool things that you are up to. You have a previous life as a chef, yoga, Chinese medicine, meditation. And I guess my question is how did you, I've, okay. I'll start with one question. How did you, um, start to get into this passion about taking care of yourself and, and helping others take care of themselves? So it wasn't something that I sought out necessarily. I mean, I worked in the tech world, you know, as like my first job out of college, uh, in college. I mean, I worked at Yahoo, then eBay, then Google, and they were crazy hyper growth startups, like insane. And it was fun, you know, and I didn't really know any different. Like that's just sort Mm -hmm. of like, it became this intrinsic in my blood. And there was a point at Google that I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I was having like chest pain and like pain running down my left arm thinking I'm going to have a heart attack at 32 um, and deciding to go to culinary school. I thought I was going to go to law school. I took the LSAT, but decided culinary school was probably a better career path. And I chose to go it a hundred percent. Although every, you know, like anytime I get into like, uh, anyway, that's another, another conversation, but you know, I ended up going to this total hippie culinary school. It was health supportive. And I knew the minute I walked into the school to like do a tour, I knew that was where I was going to go. There was just something, I mean, you just kind of know, um, it was just this feeling and it was awesome. I mean, that's where like my love for Chinese medicine was ignited. I mean, we were talking about, you know, Chinese medicine, we did Ayurveda, we were cooking for people with compromised immune system. And I think it was my first or second week. I can't remember, but one of the chef instructors said, you know, something about food and mood being connected. And I swear to God, Katie, I was like, I felt gobsmacked. I was like, why the fuck does nobody talk about this? Why is nobody talking about how food impacts your mood and impacts your overall, like, you know, we talk about like protein, carb and veggies and food is always about like weight loss. And it's about like how you look. And there was never any talk about the mental aspect of it. And then, you know, through all of the studying that I've done with Chinese medicine, it's like, wait a second, it's just, we're just one body. Like your mental and your physical health is literally one. They're trying to find balance. It's really harmony. And so it was really culinary school that, you know, kicked off. And I mean, that was in 2009 and it was mostly vegan. Um, I'm not vegan. I was for a while. And then I had, you know, blood work done and whatever, but I just, again, I want to live my life from a place of calm and ease. And that's going to be a combination of a lot of things. Um, and so culinary school kicked me into yoga and particularly, um, Bikram yoga, which I desperately miss right now. Studios aren't open and I still practice, but I miss the heat. I miss the studio. I miss the community. Um, and doing two teacher trainings and learning different styles of breath work. Um, and just, yeah, it's like, okay, I don't, I can make myself feel better with all of these things that I am learning how to 
do. Like I don't need to take a Mm -hmm. pill, which isn't really going to help me anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, um, I guess I didn't realize that the route you took was through, um, through, um, culinary school. I I've always known your association with food and mental health, but I didn't realize that that's, that's where it started. Mm -hmm. Um, What's Ayurveda? Um, Ayurveda is a modality and it's another Eastern healing philosophy, um, rooted in India. Um, I don't know much about it. We didn't talk about that as much as traditional Chinese medicine. They're very similar. I mean, they have their differences, but, um, you know, it's about mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, physical and mental health are, you are one human. So if something is off physically, you're going to feel it mentally. If something's off mentally, you're going to feel it physically. Um, very similar, a lot of very similar principles in terms of food and healing. Um, most, you know, traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic practitioners will talk about, um, warm food. Um, and like literally one of the things that I, my biggest, like my main cause in life, if I can get people to stop drinking ice water. Oh, um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and smoothies and ice. Cream. What happens? Um, so we are 98.6 degrees, right. As like we're, we're warm bodies. So when you put something cold into your system, it actually shocks the system, right? Like, so in cooking, if I say blanch and shock, do you know, like, okay. Yeah. Right. So like you're essentially zapping it, right. Like you throw it into a salted, you know, boiling salted water, then to stop the cooking, you put, you submerge it in an ice bath. Okay. That's one thing it does. So it, you know, it kind of stops things from flowing smoothly, Mm. right? Like your blood, it makes, you know, like everything sort of rigid. Um, when it gets to your spleen, which is the digestive firepower in the body, um, your spleen is, you know, again, warm, pretend you have little elves in your spleen that are dressed to work for 98.6 degree weather. Mm. So tank tops and shorts, they're having a big old <laughs> dance party going on in your spleen, doing their thing. They're dancing put, around. They are having a great time. You put ice water, ice cream, smoothie, raw food, cold into your spleen. They're like, uh, you didn't tell me today was a cold day. So I'm going to leave this right here and I'm going to go get warm. So that food or water or whatever sits in your spleen, makes you bloated and gassy, not cute, not sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to be bloated or gassy. Um, so that's what that does. But where do you think that your spleen gets the energy or the warmth from the food that they left sitting there, your skin, think about oh. when you think about when you, it's the largest organ, it's your largest energy source. So think about like you have a smoothie, right? You take a, you, whatever temperature, like it is outside, you shiver. Mm-hmm. That's your spleen pulling the energy from your skin. Oh. So that's one reason. And especially in cold weather, it's, you know, you, we are trying to stay warm and trying to get, you know, like blood flowing and all of that stuff. The other thing that it does, and I, it's, I think particularly relevant in the U S um, because of a lot of the standard American diet, we have a lot of gut dysbiosis or gut diseases or inflammation of the, the gut. Um, a lot of things are off, you know, there's a lot of, 
Um, so there's a lot of inflammation in the gut. That's essentially your body is on fire. So when you, when you burn your skin, do you put ice on it? No, you put a salve, right? You put aloe vera, you put coconut oil, um, kombu seaweed is also another one. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so you put ice or, you know, cold onto something that is hot. It's going to literally rip the, the lining of your intestinal wall. So like the holes get bigger. It just creates more. I know it's, it's, it's nuts. So that is uh, my goal in life to stop people from drinking ice water and iced coffee. I know I heard a big gasp of all the people, oh. but it's, I know I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is anytime I do a talk about food and mood and I get to the no raw food. Whew, it's a tough I, one. I, I'm a dream crusher and I get it. And I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm okay with it. Well, yeah. And I want you to talk about raw food. And first I want to let you know that I fully pictured you running at someone with a iced coffee in their hand and just like volleyballing it, spiking it out of their hand. That's what you want to do on the inside. Mm, yes, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Yes, it's true. So what is raw food and what does it do to you? So, I mean, very similar, you know, what it does, um, you know, they don't call it roughage for nothing. It's rough. Like it's going to like, literally, you know, if something is inflamed, you don't want to put sandpaper on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually, you know, you're not going to exfoliate a sunburn. Right. So, Ow. <laughs> right, exactly. That fucking hurts. So like, that's, you know, a lot of like, that's what that's doing again, you know, in a, from a seasonal perspective, especially now in the Northern hemisphere where it's winter, you know, we're not really meant to be eating cold food, you know, having a salad here and there in the summer is one thing, but you know, it's like, you know, you want something that's lighter in the summer, it's hot. So we are trying to cool down. There's other ways to do it besides raw food, but especially in the winter, you know, the whole, like, like what we should be eating seasonally soups, stews, braises. I mean, think about, do you crave salad in the winter? No. Yeah, no. Rarely do I, but I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it's just, you're, you know, maybe you want vegetables and I understand that, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I need to put something green in my body like big time, but it's usually not like, oh my God, I really want like a nice crisp salad. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soups, stews, braises you know, things like that. That's what we, you know, that's what we should be eating in the winter. Um, I don't right now, but I usually have like veggie broth in my refrigerator. I save all of the trimmings from like my vegetables and I make veggie stock, um, a lot and I'll sip that as tea, you know? So then it's like, okay, so I'm getting all of that nutrient density and it's warm and it's warming my body. Um, I'm not drinking a smoothie. So it's because your spleen yes. is attached, is pulling energy from your skin. Um, it pulls energy from your skin when it has cold food. Got it. Because it doesn't have enough energy to, right? It's like if your phone battery is at like 10%. And you charge it into an external battery and it gets just that little jolt. That's what is happening. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what's making your spleen panic is the different temperature of what yeah. you're eating. It wants warmth. It wants. And not roughage. It doesn't want um, no sandpaper. Wants no sandpaper, especially in the winter. 
raw vegetables are really, really hard on you. Interesting. I definitely, I love broccoli. I don't like raw broccoli, so we're good there, but I definitely <laughs> pictured broccoli with their little, like, it's like mm-hmm. a brush and it would just like brush yeah. them. Right. It's like a little, yeah. A little exfoliation. Yeah. Just, I mean, steam, blanch, shock, just even if you just need to cook it a little bit, it's, it's easier for your body to digest. The, it's just too fibrous. Like when a lot of people say, oh my gosh, kale, you know, I always feel weird after I eat kale and I'm like, well, are you eating it raw or cooked? Mm-hmm. And if you have like a kale Caesar salad and I'm just like, how do you feel afterwards? Just are you like, like friggin' balloon? Mm, sexy. It's not, it's not cute. It's not. Speaking of friggin' balloon, when you said buffet pants, you meant pants that you can wear to a buffet, right? Correct. Okay. I love that. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like missing a cool trend. Mm -mm. No, no. (laughs) We're all like right now, the trend is that we're all wearing buffet pants. Yes. We all, they're all like your eating pants. Absolutely. Your comfy pants. Everybody's got their name for it, but I, and I can't take credit for making that my friend Jack talked about it one year at Thanksgiving when we were celebrating Thanksgiving together. He's like, are we wearing buffet pants? And I was like, I have never heard that term and I'm going to be using that from now on. It's excellent. Especially coming from Reno, a heavy casino buffet town. Mm -hmm. I greatly connect to the Mm -hmm. need for those. Yeah. I connect for the need to the need for those uh, because I don't go anywhere and I just feel I need. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, actively try not to wear jeans ever. I, so I used to love them, you know, back Mm -hmm. like before this pandemic, I loved jeans. Um, you know, I have, even now, I think I probably have like 20 pairs, which is insane. (gasps) I know I have probably worn jeans in the last year, five times. And that's recently because I was going out in public, um, to a to things that like, buff, you know, it wasn't just like Costco and Whole Foods where like, I don't give a fuck, but like I had, you know, I was like right. doing some other things that I was like, I should probably put on some non-buffet pants. Yeah. Cause going out in public is not my, you know, is not how I judge it. I will go out in public like an animal and just wear the sweats. But yeah, there's this there's one notch up. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, you know what, this is the time where I dust those puppies off. Yeah. And I also, I, I don't know about you. I have a feeling I know the answer to this, but I, you know, I have my, I will not wear these out of the house sweats or buffet pants. I have, these are my work, like, you know, cause I feel like I need to put on some de- more decent pants for work, even though nobody <laughs> can see them. And then I have my buffet pants that I can go out of the house in. Right. I have the same. I have the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, ones that you go out in the house, I feel are a little more constricting in my case. Like they're a little more tightening. Mm. Whereas the ones at home are just like, I could have so many buffets. Mm. And like holes. And you're just like, how old are these? (laughs) Yep. Doesn't matter. No one's seeing them. Don't care. Yep. Yeah. I live with my mom in an over 55 community right now. So let's. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody wearing jeans. No COVID guys. (laughs) We're doing. No, it's been fine. My mom and I joke every day. We're like, what pair of buffet pants are you going to wear? And she's like, one of the 20 pairs of black ones that I own. Yeah. Hey, she, all, they're very, 
it's like she's like Obama and has all of the same color. So she doesn't spend any time picking the color. Um, She has a few grays that she throws in there every once in a while to mix it up. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. that's what we do here. Mm -hmm. That's great. So comfy. Oh, yeah. So we talked about um, the warm versus cold foods, which, mm-hmm. um, cause I really want to make the things that you are talking about really approachable to people. Cause like my brother, I think he listens to this. We'll just say he listens to it. Right. He does biggest fan. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah, totes. So if, if he's listening to it, like what can we get him as a starting place? What can be approachable to someone who's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, starting with a uh, warm lemon water in the morning, like first thing in the morning when you wake up it and it not hot. I mean, you, some people do hot. I don't think you need to do hot in the morning. I think just room temperature is fine. Um, I do a whole lemon. It might be aggressive for some people. So even just starting with half, um, drinking tea, um, or like just stopping to stop. Just don't put ice in your water. Mm-hmm. Just don't please mm-hmm. just don't. Just do it. Just don't do it. Um, I think those are pretty like low hanging fruit, easy things to do. Yeah. Low hanging lemons, if you will. Low hanging <laughs> lemons. Uh, uh, she'll be here. Um, guys try yeah. This is the, the, the type of podcast on, on Apple is comedy. So uh, we'll get here. Well, you know, you know, my feelings on that. Uh, I'm into oh, you it. Too. Yeah, you are. We should talk about that too. Um, what, so, um, what about food before we leave food, mm-hmm. food and mental health? When I think about food and you kind of mentioned it and getting healthy, I'll be honest. I just think about being skinny. Like when I'm like, let's eat healthy. All I'm doing is thinking how that'll affect my looks, which like, I know as a grown up, that's like not the only thing. So how do you, how do you approach that? And what are some like examples of how your eating affects your mental health? So, I mean, what you just said, I think it was so interesting, you know, as a grown up, you know, it's different. I mean, we don't like the, <laughs> the diet, true. but the diet industry is, you know, tens of billions of dollars, right? Because, mm-hmm. and it plays on, you know, eat healthy to look great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Great byproduct of eating well, but, you know, eating food for mood, I mean, avocado, all hail, praise be avocado (laughs) is a good mood food. You know, it's high in omega three fatty acids. Our brain is like 70% fat. And so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that fat is no longer vilified because of the keto diet. Um, you know, so eating good fats, I will say eating too much of a good thing also causes, um, liver congestion, liver in Chinese medicine also corresponds with anger. Mm. So there is a fine balance there, but, um, oh yeah, I can get real into that. But, um, so dark chocolate, I have a recipe for dark chocolate avocado mousse that you would never know is like the avocado is just this yummy, unctuous, creamy. It just is a vehicle for the chocolate to get to your face. Um, Mm. (laughs) and it's like sweetened with, you know, high quality maple syrup and very little of it. Um, you know, sugar is inflammatory. Sugar is going to cause the exact opposite. You know, it's like, Oh my God. And I mean, look, we all sugar is an addictive substance. Sugar is delicious. I like it too. Um, but, um, 
it's extraordinarily inflammatory. So again, if your body's inflamed, it's going to, you know, cause, oh, okay. I'm going to get a little nerdy here. So nerd out. Do I'm going to, I'm going to nerd out hard. So when you're, so when things are inflamed, things cannot flow, right? Like it, mm-hmm. you feel puffy, you feel gross. You, f- you feel that inflammation. Our, our, uh, our gut is our second brain. So if things are inflamed in the gut, it's going to be inflamed in the brain and they, and they travel like the way that uh, the brain and the gut communicate things travel via the vagus nerve. If the vagus nerve is inflamed, your neurotransmitters, the neurotransmitters and the hormones and the chemicals, nothing can travel through. So you're going to feel that lightheadedness, that fogginess, that bullshit. So the goal is really to keep the inflammation in your body low. Mm -hmm. Here's the funny part. There is no one size fits all diet. That's mm-hmm. kind of a problem. You know, when people are like, I, you know, I swear by paleo, I swear by keto, I swear by vegan, I swear by this. It's like, that's great. It may work for you, but that may not work for me. Um, if you are um, outside of uh, New York, New, New York, you can't do this. You can buy um, an Everly Well food sensitivity test mm-hmm. and see what it, what your, um, what you are specifically, like what affects you. Um, but you know, general rule of thumb, no dairy, no sugar, no gluten, even if you aren't gluten sensitive, because those are like the most commonly known inflammatories, but then there's like, maybe something's giving you a histamine response. And it's just like, there's just so much. So it's like getting comprehensive blood work is going to help you understand what you should eat. Um, but avocado, I just say it puts everybody in a good mood. So. I need it. I have some, they're ripe. They're ready to go. Just, I'll just yeah. an avocado a day, you know, things like, you know, fatty fish, salmon is really good. You know, dark leafy greens cooked, cooked, um, cooked. um, you know, using high quality, just eating high quality food. You know, if you're going to eat beef, you know, grass fed, grass finished, right. Because if you eat, you know, if it's just, you know, conventional, it, they're eating corn, whatever, cows can't, um, they cannot process corn. Um, they're not, they just can't. So that's where their inflammation gets started. Then they get antibiotics and hormones and all this other stuff that just, that's gross. Then we ingest it. If they're grass fed, grass finished, they're eating their natural diet. And so we're getting like, we have to eat less of it because we get more nutrients from a smaller amount. Um, so again, it's like, it's really about the, I think it's about the quality of food, not necessarily what, um, you know, chicken, if you're a chicken eater, pasture raised, same with eggs. There's so much, there's so much, there's so much, there's so much, but yeah, I, I think that, um, again, it's high quality and then either the Everly well food sensitivity test or get, um, comprehensive blood work done by your doctor functional or naturopathic will go real deep with you. That's great. Yeah. I just, um, I don't want any tests to tell me that I can't make and consume my own sourdough bread. Here's the thing, (laughs) you know, when sourdough is like, if memory serves from culinary school, like one of the least offenders of like, you know, because it's fermented, it's got all of this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I think the 80, 20 rule, as far as like eating is probably like, it's the easiest eat well, eat high quality 80% of the time, you know, if you're going to do like condiments and, you know, sort of there's processed food, we all do it. There's less bad options for you. And then every once in a while splurge, 
Yeah. We're humans. We like to, you know, we're like, it's not about like, I want to be pious on the, you know, and like, I'm only eating, you know, gusts of wind for lunch today. And it's mm, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gross. Like that's, but you know, and making, I think making the choices one meal at a time and yeah. also not making yourself wrong for having a cookie, having sourdough bread, having like, you know, if you're eating, if it's a prolonged and sustained habit of doing that, then, okay, let's check it and see why. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that cravings for sweets usually indicate a spleen and stomach imbalance. And the emotion associated with that is worry. Just oh. that out there. Oh. Just going to throw okay. that out there. I yeah. can't relate to that at all. I, we right. can move on from that because it doesn't yeah, like, resonate at all. Doesn't resonate at all. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like, it's something to look at. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what are your cravings trying to tell you? I mean, our bodies are essentially big databases and it's giving us all of this information. We just don't really know what to do with it. Um, like, oh, I've weirdly been craving sweets or I haven't been craving a lot of sweets lately, like, you know, or I'm craving a lot of salt. Mm -hmm. That's going to tell you something too. That's a kidney and bladder issue. So I'm, yeah, I'll stop there. Cause that's a whole, like, that's an entirely separate conversation. Wow. And I, you saw me kind of go, Whoa, when you talked about liver because, uh, liver and anger. Um, cause I'm a really angry person. Just kidding. Are you, I was no. like, no, <laughs> no. I, I like, can't I never guess that. Yeah. No, it's it, nope. I'm not. Um, but I thought about liver as it relates to, um, how alcoholism impacts it. And I was just like, you know, like the, the trope of, uh, is that the right word of an angry alcoholic? Um, and I was like, wow, like there's some, maybe there's something there where, oh yeah, a hundred percent there is, you know, you think, um, red eyes, you know, bloodshot eyes and, you know, oh yeah, that's, that is, I mean, yes, all of the things that is it right there. Wow. See, I'm a scientist. You are. Thank you. Literally Nobel prize winning right here. So especially like, I feel like we've watched movies or seen documentaries where it's like, I was a nine to fiver and I quit my job to, you know, surf on the beach or, um, and do the really cool things that you and I are doing, um, podcast cooking, um, all the things. Mm -hmm. So what's that psychological transition like for you? Like what, um, what keeps you, um, making sure that you're always like tapping back into your passionate stuff and that you're saying like uncle on the nine to five and like going for it, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, it's about, yeah. Like what are the boundaries? Where's the balance? What's the harmony? Um, I will tell you that in the last few weeks, I've not done the best job of that. I mean, there's other stuff that I've been focused on personally that have been bringing me joy as such as, you know, looking for my own place to live. Um, you know, we've been through this COVID stuff long enough that it's like, okay, this is not going anywhere. So I think I'll, you know, um, so that, um, but I think it, for me, it's very important. Um, I, I still cook, you know, almost every night, you know, every once in a while we'll order something, but for the most part, you know, my mom's like, oh, we don't have to, you can order in. And it's like, but it's very meditative for me. Like then, then yeah, like the knife skills, like, you know, just chopping an onion or match sticking a carrot and like getting everything 
like, you know, I'm a little crazy about it. Um, but again, it goes back to the quality of food that we eat and my mood. Like, I know that like, I need to do like, you know, the act of cooking, the act of, you know, prepping everything makes me happy. And like, I can sit there and, you know, literally meditate or practice gratitude while I'm doing that and cooking something that is going to be nourishing. Mm -hmm. That's, that's fulfilling. I mean, that, that's how I, you know, even if I'm not taking pictures and doing my Instagram posts or, you know, doing my newsletter or doing anything like that, I still have the, like, I still connect to myself because culinary school just changed me for the better in terms Mm -hmm. of like think, thinking about food and thinking about nourishing myself that way. Yeah. And how do you manage stress? Cause we kind of, we talked about that at the beginning with, um, your mantras, how do you, let's do it this way. How do you tell others to manage their stress and help them like work through that cycle? So there's a few things that I've been doing. Um, I've been talking about sort of the deleterious effects of stress on the body, because I don't think that people realize how it genuinely impacts your overall physical well-being in addition to your mental well-being and what the signs and symptoms are of too much and how it's actually going to like the downstream effects of stress. Because I feel like once people kind of like the impact of it, you know, I think that we can say like, oh, I'm stressed, but like, do you know what that's actually going to do to your body? Like I am the proud owner of celiac disease because I had too much stress. Like you want Hashimoto's or thyroid issues because of stress. I don't. So like, I'm going to try and like calm the fuck down. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so So I do try to, not because I want to propagate fear or make people scared, but it's like, this is reality. You don't take care of yourself. And this is, this could a hundred percent happen. And there's a million other things that stress does. I teach people acupressure for their hands and their wrists that, you know, I was mentioning earlier in the conversation that I sit and do all day long. I teach people how to do, you know, there's four points that I teach people that are fairly easy to do that people can do sitting in a car, you know, showing a home, sitting at their desk, like whatever it is that they're doing, they can do it without people going, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Um, you know, it's like, you you don't need to do that. Um, and again, like when I feel myself running off the rails on a crazy train, um, not, you know, being, you know, the, something's going to trigger all of us, like regardless Mm -hmm. of how Dalai Lama out we can be, but like, recognizing the trigger and saying, I'm not, this is not me living my life from a place of calm and ease. Mm-hmm. Hold up. Wait a minute. You know, I have stress. I have anxiety, stress and anxiety. Don't have me. I'm going to give it away. Yeah. I'm going to figure out how to like, who do I want to be in this moment? And how do I want to move forward from here? Um, those are the things that you know, and even just taking like one or two deep breaths through my nose, not through your mouth, through your nose. That is very, very important. Um, through the mouth will incite the fight or flight. But, um, so those are things and did it come overnight? Did those things happen overnight? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but you know, the more I practice, the more they just become intrinsic, the more, you know, they're just automatic. Um, I don't, ride the crazy roller coaster 
too far too often. Cause you have these tools, right? You know, it's like, I hate feeling like that. I hate feeling anxious. Yeah. I hate it. And I think Same. that, but yeah, I think most people do, but I think that they are so, I think that so many people are so conditioned to that being their way of being mm-hmm. addicted to it. I think you said that at the beginning, just like, yeah, this is like, this is easy. just all I, it's easy. This is all I know. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to make other people wrong. That person mm-hmm. cut me off. That person gave me a shitty performance review. That person was a dick at work. That person, that person, that person hold up. <laughs> Yeah. How, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? I want to be Beyonce. I'm yeah. Get, yeah right. Yes. No, <laughs> I'm sure she has her days too, but I don't want to be, I don't want to feel stressed and anxious. And so I don't, I'm going to just, you know, it's not easy. And sometimes like I have to say things to myself over and over and over and over again, but not often. Just because yeah. I, I'm, I'm more committed to feeling good than attached to feeling shitty. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about sometimes I feel like my ego is what uh, attaches me to feeling shitty. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying about like being mad at the guy who cut you off or whatever it is. It's like, you said it, you want to be right. And so my ego will go, I want to be right. Or I want to save the day or be the last person standing or whatever. And those are all ego driven things. And in reality, none of those are serving me and making me an absolute crazed, stressy mess versus letting go. I feel like that's one of the things that I like try to tell myself and tell those around me. It's like, letting go people think it will relinquish control but what you're actually doing in many cases is letting go of this stress that you've caused yourself absolutely absolutely it's like what's more important to you being right or living your life like from a place of calm and ease or whatever you choose to do Mm -hmm. but it's like you know, being right. Isn't that exciting? Like I was right. I was right. Okay, cool. You get bragging rights for 30 seconds. Would you like a crown or a cookie? I don't know. Like I, and at the pace which life happens and, and oftentimes in the job, like people forget who is right or wrong very often, (laughs) you know, it's like, Oh, on to the next thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think about this a lot and I might've even said this to you in sometime in the last few weeks, like if it's not going to matter, in five years, I'm not spending five minutes thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not like, you know, I, I want to do a good job. I want to, you know, that's n- like non-negotiable, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to sit and make myself wrong. I'm not going to make other people wrong. I'm not going to like, nope, nope, I'm not. I just don't, I don't want to do it. Like, yeah. Why? Why? And it, I'm, I imagine what you're not saying is how hard do you work to get to this place? You know, cause I think I, I do it myself where I'm like, you know, I just, I'm not a worrier. I'm a warrior, mm-hmm. but there have been years of me really trying to figure that out and oh. laying awake at night going, I'm the worst and they're the worst and this is the worst. And, you know, it's this learned behavior. And, you know, so I hope, you know, that people are patient with themselves and, can go, okay, this is a journey. And like, or you just start 
the, the old fake it till you make it. Like, you know, like I'm going to say these things and then I'm going to believe them as, as I go. Oh yeah. I mean, the years, mm-hmm. years this has taken, you know, it was not, not easy, but you know, over, and it's a, a work in progress. I mean, every day is like, okay, something's going to test me. Something's going to trigger me. Something's, and I'm going to choose how I get, I get to choose how to respond to it. I think that's mm-hmm. also the other thing. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, that person pissed me off. Okay. Well, you choose how you respond to it. They could have triggered you. Mm-hmm. I get triggered all the time, but I don't sit there and like fly off the handle. Right. Not all the time. Just on the inside. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. like whatever. But outwardly it's like, okay, again, who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to show up? How do I want to show up for myself? Not for other people. How do I want to mm-hmm. show up for myself? That is so important. Um, Cause that's one of the things that I have trouble with is like, I always default showing up for other people and that, that causes a whole, a whole array of, of worry and stress too. And that it's too heavy. Well, I mean, it's like we were talking about right before we recorded about, you know, there was some stuff that we were doing this weekend for work and, you know, you're like, I had this guilt complex about it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, there was not one person that was like, oh my God, Katie's totally shirking her responsibilities. It wasn't, you weren't part of the project, right? It wasn't like, my so job. <laughs> it, like, yeah, you literally got to say like, this is not my fucking job. And you like, so, but I get it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you want to, sh- you want to show up for other people. You're a team player. You're all of these things you want it, but it's like, so I get it. And that was, but it's, it's, it's great. You recognize that's, your shit. And as Mm -hmm. Brown says, don't work your shit out on other people. Yeah. Brene. I know. Right. Like preach sister. Amen. Yeah. So good. She's great. Oh man. We're talking about some good stuff. It's really soul healing. I have enjoyed it. And armpit healing. Let's talk about armpits. Oh yeah. You know, I'm in all of Thank you. I, I, I hope that that sentence, this is the first time it's ever been said on the airways of the podcast mm. sphere. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about armpits. Mm. So one day I'm on Instagram scrolling about mindlessly. And then I scroll to Shauna's Insta and homegirls got her hands up in the air and a big old pit armpit mask. It was like a clay. Was it green? Yeah. It's bentonite clay. Yeah. It's green. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, this deserves me to stop and read the caption. And so tell me about pit masking and why I should run and do it right this second. So our armpits are full of lymph and, you know, just a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of, you know, people think, Oh my God, I stink. Or like, you know, they'll, they fear going to like the hippier brands of deodorant because they feel like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just stuff trying to get out of your body that needs to. So, um, the bentonite clay, which you can get on, you know, the behemoth online delivered to your door, <laughs> you can get it at, you know, whole foods, you can get it at, you know, any really hippie grocery store also owned by the behemoth. I, it's literally my, I know it's like literally my favorite place on the planet, but, uh, <laughs> not really, but it's one of them. Um, 
but it's, you know, it's a clay it's from, it's like an old Aztec healing remedy and you mix it, um, with, you can do water. Um, I like apple cider vinegar just because it actually has a little bit more of a effect, a little pulling out effect. Mm -hmm. Um, it pulls out, it helps pull out the toxins. It helps like clean the lymph. And so, especially, you know, if you've like had, you know, a weekend of debauchery or whatever I do it, you know, I would, I don't do it all that regularly. I would say it's probably like once a quarter that I armpit mask, Mm -hmm. but it just helps. It also helps your, you know, it's just like masking your face. It pulls, it sucks all the shit. I have some friends in New York that I introduced to the, um, the clay mask, they call it the torture chamber because <laughs> it literally like it, it locks on your face and it locks on you're your like, oh. so you're like You can't, I mean, like literally like I can't, I can't. <laughs> and so like, I mean, yeah. And you smell like salad for a while, just because, you know, you mix it with apple cider vinegar. It's also good on your hair. You know, it just, it clarifies all your hair, all of, you know, takes all of the product out of your hair. So it just cleans you out. So I'm a big fan, mask your pits, make some pretty, especially in the summer when we're all going in tank tops. Yeah. I, I want pretty pits. I want you know? pretty pits. Yeah. Underrated part of the bod. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to stink and they have to smell pretty as well. That is. Yeah. Truth. I mean, again, like going, I, I miss my hot yoga and whew, man, I mean, there are days that you're like, I smell like every bad decision I have made <laughs> in my <the> life. <laughs> coming out. So the pit mask just helps that this helps you not smell like every bad decision you've ever made in your life. And it was one of my favorite pictures I've ever seen on Instagram. So like, even if you're not sold, do it for the photo, do it for the gram, as they say. Yeah. That's a lot of my life. I mean, hmm. clay mask, those pits, literally clay mask your pits. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. Yeah. Bentonite clay. And it's cheap. I mean, you can get it for under $10, like a pretty significant jar that'll last you a long time. Yeah. We've it's, really gone on a learning journey here. Mm-hmm. Ear beads. Those uh, go on the inside, right? The inside of the ear. Uh, they go, no, they go on the outside. Oh, mm-hmm. they're little, they're little stickers with, um, gold little beads on them. And they apply a gentle amount of pressure on f- there's a million points on the ear, but five in particular, um, one is for your heart. One is for your parasympathetic nervous system, one for the kidney, the lungs and the liver. And so that five, those five points in combination, um, help reduce, uh, depression, stress, and anxiety. And yeah, I mean, literally back in the early part of the seventies, um, it was brought to the United States to help people, um, with addiction, actually Tupac Shakur's dad brought it, but that's another story. That is another podcast, which I am very into learning. About. Yeah. Yeah. A group called the, the young Lords and it would part of it. And Tupac Shakur's dad was an acupuncturist, which I think is just the coolest thing. That is really cool. I did not know that. I know it just makes you like, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I learned when I went into the training in 2019, um, yeah, I mean, I had no idea that like this whole history of it and it's really, really it's fascinating and it's super, super diverse and, and yeah, they took over a hospital and they used it as this total detox. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so neat. Yeah. What a cool additional layer to one of the like rap legends of the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
Um, also shout out to acupuncture. I love mm-hmm. it. I've done it very few times, but every time I've done it, I had like a, I hurt my bottom. I mm-hmm. fell on it. Just a little boop fell on the street. Super embarrassing. Um, and ended up bruising, not my tailbone, but just like right around it. And it just didn't heal for like, like, let's be honest, like nine months. Oh, and yeah. so then I was like, I shall try acupuncture and it was the best. And it was right on my bottom. So I had all these needles. I, my butt looked like a pin cushion. Oh yeah. And I, acupuncture is just the best. And the first time I ever did it, I actually didn't go for, most people go for physical, right? They're mm-hmm. like, my shoulder hurts, my butt hurts, my whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just feeling emotionally blocked. And mm. so my acupuncturist was a friend of a friend, my friend, he was, she was a friend of my friend, Jack of the buffet pant fame. Oh, he and is really, he's really providing a lot of content today. He, yeah. Jack, Jack's amazing. Um, and so I went and she's like, you know, what brings you in? And I said, I just, I need to move some shit around. I just feel really, really blocked. And I started to go to her all the time. She actually was my teacher who I learned most of my traditional Chinese medicine from. Um, she taught me how to needle myself. She taught me points. I mean, I would just, I would ask a million questions when I was laying on the table. One of the most fascinating, it was my second time. It was, yeah, it was my second time going there. And I walk in, she said, how are you feeling today? I said, I feel like I'm going to fucking punch someone in the face. I was also PMSing, but it was also, I was living in New York city and it was hot as it was anybody who lives in New York city knows those like hot summer days where the, like, it's just, you have to change your underwear like three times. Cause you're just like, I'm gross. Like, yeah. it's just, you are nasty. And, <laughs> and so she had me lay face up. I mean, I'm, t- this is like 2000. 13 or 14 by this point. So, I mean, this is a while ago and she put needles in my ears Mm -hmm. and that's the first time I learned it. And so then she gave me some needles, little tiny needles that looked like band-aids and she taught me how to put them in myself. That's, I went to her training in 2019 to learn how to do like properly do the beads and properly do the things, but it's magical. I mean, Mm -hmm. every time Oh my God. And the needle nap that you take when they like shove all the needles in, they're like, I'm going to let you cook for about 30 minutes. (laughs) And you're just like, I mean, like in that beautiful sort of what, I mean, if you do yoga, it's like that yoga nidra state where you're just kind of in that like half awake, half asleep, but it is just the most rejuvenating I have drooled. And I don't, Oh, I I've snored. Mm-hmm. like and it. then I've heard other people snore and I'm like I'm not even judging you like this is exactly what you need to happen right now mm, yeah so I am a huge fan I haven't gone to acupuncture in a year since COVID I just I know that they're taking all the protocol you know the precaution and all of that stuff I just am still not 100% comfortable which is yeah I feel sort of crazy but um, I do know how to give myself acupuncture, at least I can do the front of me. And I've given my mom a crash course in cupping. I'm like, I need you to cut my back. I can't like, it's crazy. So I can't go on without it. So my mom is now using, yeah, she cups my back and I give her acupuncture and yeah, that's what we do here at, uh, 
at the old household at the old household. Yeah. It's great. Great. And I do this one that you taught us the thumb in the, Oh yeah. Pericardium eight. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Just like that. Yeah. Literally fleshy center of the palm. That's such a good one. It does. It immediately goes. Yeah. I'm not going to put an image of this on the the internet so people know what I'm doing, but yeah, you put your thumb in the fleshy part of your other hand and just push in and it's just it's magical. It's, it, that's, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it's like people think, you know, it's like you could, you're a little magician for yourself. You get to make yourself feel better by just hitting, you know, like literally just a spot on your body. Mm-hmm. There's a, um, there's a spot under on your wrist, on the underside of your wrist, there's a corresponding spot on your ear. And when I was doing my training in New York, I mean, I see it when I needle people out in in the real world, but it was so amazing when I did my training in New York because I, we um, had to do an internship and we did it at what they called a harm reduction facility. And so it was, you know, in Harlem and it was, you know, people that were either living on the streets or they just, I mean, very diverse group of people, probably the nicest people I've ever met. They were just so Mm. grateful. And this was helping them get off drugs, but they would come in. Yeah, it was amazing. And they would come in. I mean, I, the internship was four days long by the end of it. I mean, like I knew they would come in every day and they would, there were chairs and I, you know, like, let me put needles in the minute I put that, uh, needle in, it's called heart seven Shen men. It's like this, uh, spirit gate. I would watch people just like, Oh God, they would melt. Mm-hmm. And it was just, they would, you know, they had these like essentially lawn chairs, but you know, they'd sit up straight. I put the needles in, they'd kick back and recline. I mean, people would be asleep and it was just the best thing to like watch them because you knew that that was probably, you know, maybe the only 20 minutes that they'd have to feel safe. And, but just to watch that, watch it on people's face of just that, wow. that relief. It was amazing. What an incredible service. Yeah. It's something that I wanted to do again during COVID, but again, it's like, I don't know, like, am I putting myself at, like, I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, like I really want, I, I would love to get involved with like acupuncturists without borders and yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And that's why, you know, I felt great doing it in the Buenos Aires airport, you know, because everybody's stressed the fuck out trying to get home. And can't even like, imagine. Hold please. Here's some natural Zanny. Yeah. Send it my way. We'll have to do a rendezvous when things calm down yeah. and you can ear. Feed do some ear beads. Out of, yeah. Well, one of the things that I wanted to do with it is, you know, there's, so many companies that were doing like chair massages and, um, and I was like, why not bring this into the workplace? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and then COVID and then COVID, but we have so much to look forward to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the roaring twenties now makes so much sense, right? <gasps> like where people, they're going to mm-hmm. roar baby. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited for like my little flapper dress. Hey, yeah. Should we just do that? for the next nine years, just flapper dresses and sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm fla- in. How about flapper buffet pants? I think we've, <laughs> we've got them. Got- <laughs> did we just invent something? <laughs> I think we did fashion designers. I mean, 
just added to our list of talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some flapper buffet pants. The flapper jiggles before your belly jiggles. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yep. Hot. H-A-W-T. Oh, yes. Hot. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess uh, that's what we're doing next. We'll have to do uh, VH1, where are they now with their buffet flapper pants idea. So into it. So yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Well, this has been lovely. Oh, this is the highlight of my weekend. Thank you so much. I have loved every minute of it. Good. I always love talking to you. So it's. I know. Yeah. We got to do more often. Usually we just talk about weird work things. So I know. You know, I miss when we used to go to yoga like early in the morning before work. That was really nice. I know. I miss that place in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I got to, well, once things are less weird here, I'd like to find a yoga joint. Although I've gotten pretty comfortable working out inside in my own home. Ugh, so I am not yet. I just, I miss. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Well, and, but you have Bikram, so it's like a very specific experience yeah, I mean, that I, you just can't. Yeah, I think once I'm in my own space, I'll be able to have a little bit more ease around that, but it'll happen. It's going to happen five weeks or so. Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's not bad. No, no. Okay. Yeah. We'll just do all the other de-stressors in the meantime, and then you'll sweat your booty off. I can't wait. That'll be nice. Mm-hmm. That actually sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. I would do that and then go to bed for 14 hours. Um, you know, it depended on the day. Some days you'd feel like super energized and mm-hmm. other days, you know, it's like you just want to take a nap, but, but shower first because like, oh, there were days that some days you're like, I don't even have the strength, but yes. Yeah. Definitely. Shower. Just hose me off mom. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 well we did it this was great thank you so much this was a pleasure again i'm just humbled i'm honored to be a guest thank you well how can people follow your journey and learn healthy tips from you um they can follow me on the gram at ms shauna robinson um i will get back into posting i'm doing about i would say two to three posts a week these days it used to be more one of these days it'll happen again well, now you just had literally millions and millions of people hear your Instagram handle. Just kidding. I made that, but if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And so they've all heard it. These millions and millions of people. So now you are accountable. You have to post all the time now. Okay. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you so much. much. All right. Happy everything. Thank you, Katie. Okay. Bye. Bye.